DMVR Broncos live coming to you from Studio X, where the X stands for Bitter X, as in oh. the Seattle Seahawks. A bitter X. Oh, wow. Like an yeah. EX. Yes. Yes. A bitter X. Uh, interesting article that came out uh, in on ESPN today. And we'll talk about that in just a second. First, I want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Get over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code when you sign up. Use the code DNVR when you sign up for a, a host of awesome deals, including bet five to get $200 in free bets on any NFL game. So, a little article drops this morning mm-hmm. uh, in ESPN about the Russ in Seattle breakup. And I found this to be a hilarious piece of literature um yeah you think this is uh, a spin job again yes 100, definitely 100 100 i believe it's a spin job uh from the seattle side essentially trying to be like oh yeah like it was just like what could we have ever done russ was just so difficult to deal with we couldn't oh, uh, we couldn't keep him happy oh i, I didn't even think that, that was their oh, vibe no, yeah no. What, okay so what vibe did you get from it I got both sides. I felt like both sides were were rep. I actually. What and, side and, do you think that? How do you think Seattle came off in it? Um, I think Seattle came off exactly how how the article portrayed in a way where Seattle what does that mean? they didn't facts. they didn't give Russ what he wanted and mm-hmm. he didn't uh, do exactly what Seattle wanted. Exactly. There were there were many things that Seattle could have done differently to keep Russ and to make him happy. So many things, and they chose not to do it. So, mm-hmm. to me, when I'm done reading that article, in fact, when I when I'm reading it, pretty much every point I go across, I'm saying, "What is Seattle doing here? This is yeah. so stupid." He's a mega quarterback, an elite quarterback. You have to do things to suit him. So I came away from that saying, "What idiots!" Okay, fair enough. I came away from it feeling like they're trying to paint this picture that. Stats were more important to Russ than winning games. And so I felt like it was like this Pete Carroll defense thing where it was like, yeah, Pete wanted to, you know, give him a chance to go out and and pat his stats early. But when push came to shove, like he had to do what was best for the team. And Russ didn't like that. Well, let's Mm. let, let, uh, well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll say something that super quick. Um, uh, Russ did mess up at times and Pete was way too quick to pull the plug when, when he did, like a couple of seasons where Russ went out, was a uh, front runner for the MVP, mm-hmm. and then Russ went out in a game and threw a terrible interception. Yep. And every quarterback's going to have terrible interceptions. It's okay to say that Russ would have a terrible interception or a terrible game or a terrible streak of games. After the Seattle Seahawks started 5-0, and I believe the next four games he had 10 turnovers in those games. And Pete said, nope, we're done with this. Yep. I don't think that's right. Maybe you pull the reins back, change it a little bit or something. You don't completely go away from I, what Russell Wilson does best. But, I mean, it, it, there, there, there were give and takes. I think that the our reactions or feelings coming away from this article just come away, like, just all comes down to perspective. The whole time I was reading it, I was just thinking, like, okay, like, this is, like, Seattle person after Seattle person after Seattle person. So what's the, like, thing that they're trying to c- communicate here? And to me... It was trying to build a narrative that was like, like I said, stats were more important to him than anything else. And that was, you know, that was like Pete Carroll wasn't there for it. I, I, I don't, there's too many little things that are happening here to, to make like a big 
overarching takeaway like that is my thought. Okay. You know, like like there was a section where they talk about those little pieces of it. Like the line afterward, according to a source who spoke with the quarterback, Wilson was livid at how Carroll had taken his foot off the gas, believing it cost him a chance to grab hold of the MVP race. So like that one, do you just say like, nope, that didn't happen? Like Russell Wilson was not mad about that. Like you don't trust the source. Uh, oh, so I trust that Russ would have been like, that's weak that we took our, our foot off the gas. I don't think it was like because I had a chance okay. to take hold of the MVP race. Okay, well, Russ did publicly on the Dan Patrick show uh, say that he wants to be in the best, best, he wants to be the best in the world and quote, trying to break away and be with the guys like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Joe Montana. And then quote, I want this to be, I want to be the best in the world to ever do this. And MVPs and yeah, pro course, bowlers, course, those things course. do come in. And I don't blame Russ for wanting no. to go get an MVP, get an MVP vote for the first time. Which I is think you're why... kind of, I think you're kind of crazy and a bit naive for thinking that he never wants the MVP. No, 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 would no, no, never no, no, be no. frustrated. In fact, just to clarify, I literally gave out Russ for MVP on bets today because I was like, if he wants MVP this bad, then when he came to the Broncos, he was like, I want to win an MVP. Mm-hmm. And Nathaniel Hackett was like, I got you. Let's go win one. Mm-hmm. I've, I just led a guy to two. Um, so I'm, I fully believe that. I just think that they were like, again, that the article was trying to paint a picture that that's more important to him than winning, which I don't believe. Okay. Yeah. And I, I honestly didn't get that feeling. Um, but I would also agree with you that I don't think the MVP is more important than winning to him. And to me, like, I think you can be all in on both. Absolutely. Like if you have the best quarterback and the best player in the league, which is always going to be a quarterback, then you have the best chance at winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, so what I want to do is go through and list a couple of things that I got from the article that maybe Seattle did wrong or that Seattle did right that the Broncos can take from in order to keep their relationship with Russell Wilson uh, good so he can finish his career here. Can I just read the part that's just laugh out loud funny? Mm-hmm. Schneider later apologized to the Saints and other teams who had called them, having told them they weren't trading Wilson. Denver was Wilson's only option, and Schneider preferred yeah. Schneider's preferred choice uh, because Drew Locke was the quarterback Schneider wanted in return. Yep, and yep. in fact, that's what I thought you were exactly. Think was funny. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, especially because of. He came. They don't even have him starting over Geno Smith. Especially yeah. with because of how long they've been trying to find Russell Wilson's replacement. Yeah. This is the plan they fall on. That's, yeah, that's pretty bad. That but, that that really. See, I that, actually laughed out loud. And see, that's the thing where I think Seattle comes out of this looking like an idiot. They do for sure. Yeah, but I don't think that that's not the, what they wanted to happen. <laughs> no, <laughs> no it certainly not. isn't. The other thing with the MVP stuff, though, like the other line, what are we doing here? One source in the Seahawks front office remembers thinking at the time, are we trying to win games? Or are we trying to win MVP? Like, I totally believe that that's a thought that he had, but I don't believe that it's like a thought that he should have been having. Like, that's the other takeaway from all this, though, is that like these guys in the front office did feel like they were a little bit out of touch with the way that things work. Like, I think he was probably dumb to think that. I also think thinking it's time to move on from Russell Wilson's a dumb thought as well. There's a lot of that where you just read what the front office has, has to say and you just think like, what? How do you have that job? Yeah, and, Drew Locke. And, and and I think mm-hmm, I think that's mm-hmm, true. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Like he did have that thought, and that like that's weird. Exactly. Like that, I, and that's the thing is like I think that even in, back then they were painting this picture in their mind of like all Russ cares about is stats, which like 
hey, this could be two in a row, right? It was Jim Irsay who said, um, we want to win championships, not put up Star Wars numbers. Yeah. And like Peyton was like, cool, I'll just go to Denver, put up Star Wars mm-hmm. numbers and win championships. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so hopefully this weird anti-stats thing uh, benefits the Broncos for multiple Super Bowls. That, that'd be huge. Okay, so let, let's take a look at these. The first one was money. Money was never an issue with Seattle. That's actually one thing that they did. When he needed to be paid, he got paid now. Uh, it was interesting because we knew Russ put a deadline on the Broncos giving him an extension this year. It was last week. They got the deal done 30 minutes before the deadline was set. He put a deadline on Seattle a couple of years ago to get a deal done, and the deal got done. So Russ is is uh, hardlined with these things, but Seattle never made an issue, and clearly the Broncos uh, are not going to make that an issue for five to seven years. And I think Russ's reasoning for it is I don't want to be thinking about this during the season. Mm-hmm. When he did it with Seattle, the deadline was in April which was a little weird. Right, right, right. Uh, a, a, a little fascinating. Maybe because he knew about what they, the shenanigans they were up to in the draft. Potentially, yeah. which leads to the next one. Don't draft his replacement early or uh, keep him in the loop with it or have really good reasoning for it because in this article, the Seahawks were not only in on Mahomes and would have taken him if he fell to them, but they were also at Josh Allen's pro day scouting him and... Uh, when Russell Wilson found out about it, a Seahawks front office source said they were effing pissed. And of course they were. Mm-hmm. Of course they were. And on top of that, they called the Browns for the number one overall pick in the what draft. What are the Browns to trade for thinking? <laughs> yeah, how do they not take that trade? <laughs> like, Russell Wilson, wow. for so you don't have to gamble with that first pick? And that, how many that was years Baker, ago was right? that? Yep. Probably Baker. So that's it was 2018. 2018, so Russ was 30 at the time? think a year yeah i think he was 29 maybe going on his 30th season you're you're passing up on a 29 year old surefire franchise quarterback to draft a guy that you didn't even keep for his whole contract his whole first contract yeah yeah d- terrible i mean that's just the browns being the browns right there how are um, the browns so bad at this the browns could have drafted josh rosen sam darnold baker mayfield yeah. with that pick guys that probably wouldn't be with their team anymore yep what if they got josh allen how nope. brilliant would have Seattle actually <laughs> looked? And then Josh Allen developed into the Josh Allen that he is now. But that yeah. kind of uh, – he wouldn't have because um, he would have been in, in Cleveland. Um, but that kind of goes into the thought. No, is, Josh would have been in Seattle. Oh, oh, I see yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. saying. Okay. Um, that kind of goes into what, how dumb the Browns are. Yep. Because one, I guess one out of those guys actually panned out and then Lamar at the very end of the round. Um, who wouldn't have been probably in consideration for that pick. That's true. And that's why you just you say, let's take out the one in four spin yep. and just take the surefire thing. God, the I, I, I completely, mm-hmm. completely agree with that. Uh, and so we've seen this in other places, though, where a team drafts a quarterback because they think their quarterback is done, and that player gets super pissed. We talked about it for two years. Aaron Rodgers. The Broncos and George Payton in five to seven to ten years are eventually going to be looking for Russell Wilson's replacement. They just have to make sure they do it right. And I think my guess the best way of doing it right is keeping him involved. And I think that's what what we're going to see a lot of things these things come down to with Russ is keeping him involved, uh, making him part of your front office and give him a say 
and what you're doing uh, because I think that's one thing that obviously the Seahawks didn't do. That's one thing the Packers certainly didn't do with Aaron Rodgers. They didn't let him know that they were drafting Jordan Love, and I think that's something that when the time comes, the Broncos are going to have to be smart about it because what if George Payton doesn't let Russ know? Drafts a replacement, is looking at replacements, and uh, because George is thinking the Broncos have one to two years left with Russ, and Russ is like, I got five or six years left. F you guys, I want out. Imagine if George Payton just decided he's going to go alternate every week between watching Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Like, if you're Russell Wilson, you'd just be sitting there like, what What the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like what yeah. are you doing? And yeah. and it's a little bit different now because there's the contract extension and all that sort of stuff, so you can't be too worried. But if you're at the end of that contract, if the Broncos didn't have this next contract on the way after the, the current one ends, you would understand why. So the fact that Russell's getting upset about all of this stuff it's totally justified it's totally justified to be angry about any of it yeah at the same time you could do the opposite which is what the broncos did when peyton manning retired which is expect that brock was going to stay around not do their homework on the quarterback brock leaves you don't have you haven't done any court homework and then you end up with paxton lynch you're telling me we could get trevor simeon 2.0 okay Okay, baby (laughs) no but but you're absolutely right so wouldn't the best thing to do to be to pretty much have him in, in a front office role? I mean, and in, in as close to George Payton as anyone? Yeah, and I think, you know, depending on where Russ is at. So at the end of this current contract, how old is he going to be, 40? Oh, yep. So when he's 39 years old and you have to start go, you know, maybe he's even 38, and you have to start looking like you, you just have to have open communication with him and maybe, you know, you hope that he's still playing at a high level and maybe he just says like, Hey, I'm down for another contract. And then you sign it and you, and you go. Um, if not though, you know, the, the less desirable one, you just have to be like, Hey, like, you know, we like, we're going to have to replace you at the end of this. Like, you know, you're going to retire, like help us find your guy. It's just so rare that players plan retirements. Like it, it feels like they get to an off season. And they're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to think it over. And it's like, no, I'm going to play again. The next offseason is like, oh, yeah, I'll think it over. I'll report back in a month. And that's what makes it so tough. It's like if, if he just said, yeah, I'm retiring at the end of this contract, it's easy. It won't happen, though. Well, and to add to that, Henry, then uh, if you do have an inkling or you just think he's regressing enough to where you need to draft his replacement and you use a first-round pick on a quarterback, well, then people that, then the flip side is, what are you doing using a first-round pick when you're in a window-to-win with Russ yep. right now or with Peyton? I remember feeling that way about Peyton Manning when the Broncos drafted Brock in the second round. I'm going, you're not going to need this guy anytime uh, yeah. soon. Why aren't you using this on a player that can help the team right now? Yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree. Uh, it's an interesting thing, and, and I think you're right, Zach. There is rules to abide by when you have a franchise quarterback. And there's another big rule which is probably more so for Nathaniel Hackett, and we'll jump into that after I tell you about us. The hmm. DNVR Bar having a massive weekend this weekend. Friday night, the grand opening. Saturday, college football all day. Sunday, NFL all day. And then Monday night, you know where to be. It is here at the DNVR Bar as we have the Broncos kickoff. It's going to be so cool, and there's no better place to be, not only because it's a bar, but it's a bar 2.0. And it's the opening weekend. So make sure to come by this weekend. And if you can, make it out for Monday. Been, earn, been earning my uh, sweat equity down there. <laughs> uh, wow. Painting walls, you know. Are you a good painter? Sand, I, I, 
Yeah, a pretty good painter. <laughs> I'm really good at things that require attention to detail. I'm not. Mm. Good compared to the rest of the company or just like straight up good? <laughs> I would say straight up good. Thanks, I would, wow. I would say Ryan and Megan were the best painters. Yeah. That doesn't discredit huh. anyone else who helped paint. They did a great job. But I heard Brendan was terrible. <laughs> no, he was good. He was Really? Good. The rumor going around is that Brendan was pretty rough. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I would give Megan the title. She was better than me, mm. but no one else. That's very humble oh, of you. Okay. Yep. Um, but anyways, yeah, bar's going to be sick. It's going to be awesome. Also, football's back tomorrow, and that's going to be sick because you can make a whole bunch of money. There's so many awesome promotions this week. DraftKings has just really upped everything for this first week. So for every game on Sunday, you can get... Uh, so basically, you make a bet on the money line. If the team that you bet on goes up by 10 points, your bet hits. Oof. And I did the math that happened in like, it was like 13% of the games last year. I think it was 16% of the games the year before. So quite often a team goes up by 10 points, then blows the game. So that is a really cool thing. But tomorrow night, they cut it to seven. So if either team goes up by seven, like you, you take the bills to win the bills score a touchdown on the first drive. Your bet hits right there. Yep. It's pretty great. I know. I'm still not sure which side I'm going to get on there, but bills. I really? Think so I think that's where it's at. That's yeah. secondary though. It's just trash. It is. No, and Tredavious White's injured. I just learned exactly. that on our last show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, there's gonna be. We're taking the over for sure. Yep. The money line like is tough. That. I like Bills over twenty-seven and a half too. Mm-hmm. Mm, sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I do. Uh, I like the overs and on Thursday night football. Got to be crushing some Breck brews Ooh, yes. to get your weekend nearly started. And no better way, no better thing to drink than Broncos Country Breck Brew, especially on Monday night. You get a couple of those. You get some Elway bobbleheads. Your basement, man cave, woman cave, cave is going to be set. So check them out. If, if you can stop by the bar, you know we have Breck Brews here. If not, go to breckbrew.com, find their beer locator, and you can find beer pretty much anywhere in the country. So check them out at breckbrew.com. And download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DMVR to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code DMVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Make sure you tell Caitlin how that worked out so she doesn't hear the first part of that and then <laughs> she's going to be <laughs> so confused. Reception. Um, Yo Mama Llama said, I only, I only hear what RK is good at. What is he bad at? I have been very wow. open and honest about what I'm bad at. And as Jose says, you're very bad at acknowledging the Chargers. And he said, no, that's a strength, which I would agree. Uh, I'm bad at organization. Mm. Oh. Very bad. Always have been. Probably never won't be any better than I am right now. <laughs> Sometimes that's Do you best. try working on it? I would say I give an effort and then it just falls apart and then I get more discouraged about it. Mm. You sound like Pete Carroll not letting Russ cook <laughs> because he's given Russ a couple yep. of chances yep. to let him cook. And that's kind of the next main takeaway here. Uh, Ryan, I think we talked about your, your weaknesses enough. Okay. I don't think fair enough. To, I thought we, Allie we was like, bash you. was like primed and ready to, oh. ta- to take some shots. <laughs> well, Allie, do you, you, the, the mic is, is yours. I can't think right now. I don't know. There you go. You're perfect. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Could straighten out the driver a little. Oh, yes. Mm. The driver, I, I wouldn't even say straighten it out a little. I need to straighten it out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> He's bad at putting his shoes away. Mm. That fits that category, though. Yeah. That's yeah. the organization. organization. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, my shoes are art. 
Wow. No, they're not. Anywhere they are, it looks good. Wow. wow. <laughs> kind of like modern art. You can leave like one on the side. Yeah. One's just kind of like somewhere else. I want to just start doing that thing that people have been doing recently, which is like turning Nikes into like plant holders. Oh. I think that, and then you put them on like a little shelf. DIY, is that? DIY? DIY, <laughs> yes. Aren't like pots like $5 or something though? Yeah, but you could just use like a, a, an old Nike. And yeah. it looks cooler. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine you use know. a new one. No. That'd be crazy. It's so expensive. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to stick to pots. It's recycling. I could see that. I them. think that's reusing, actually. Could be. Reduce, reuse, recycle. That's yeah, reuse. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's reuse. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, well, Pete Carroll, it seemed like he uh, reused the same game plan for uh, Russell Wilson every single year. And especially for two years, Russ would get hot. He'd start off really well. Something would go wrong, kind of like that game we talked about earlier, or a stretch of games. And then Pete would say, no, 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 I'm too uncomfortable. I got to go back in my hole of just running the ball, playing defense, bring Russ back. And understandably so, that was something that really bothered Russell Wilson uh, because let Russ cook became a thing. In fact, he trademarked it as a thing. And that's something that he wanted to embrace throughout his career, and they didn't do it. And we've talked about this numerous times. And I think that's why Nathaniel Hackett is not only going to let Russ cook, but he's going to let Russ call the plays in two-minute situations. He's going to let him build mm-hmm. the playbook. He's going to let him do so much. So at least right now, this is absolutely not a worry, but it's clearly something that if it goes astray, we know what, what, what it can turn into. Do you think Russell Wilson leads the NFL in trademarks? No, Tom Brady for that sure. That was the one that I had. <laughs> yeah it's I mean, gotta be one and two all though. of his little products trademarked yeah. um Man, he's got they... his logo trademarked his you know workout plan trademarked uh, russ okay. has let russ cook he has let's ride doesn't he have many varieties of let's ride probably yeah not let's rid3 though <laughs> there we go baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i mean what this whole thing the the Seahawks people are saying Russ wants to do too much. He wants to be the centerpiece. He wants all this stuff. Meanwhile, we can look at what they did and say like, yeah, you're running an ancient offense. Of course, the star quarterback doesn't want to just pound the rock and run the ball more than 28 other teams in the league. And so that 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 is the conflict here. It seems like, and it definitely feels like Russell Wilson's on the right side. If anything, you want to let Russ cook. Like that seems like such an easy answer that they just missed. Yeah, and I think this is such an easy thing for Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton and the Denver Broncos to just be like, it's not that hard to just keep your quarterback happy. Mm-hmm. And like, they can solicit advice from the people who were around during Peyton Manning, John Elway, Gary Kubiak, like whoever. Like, Gary or Peyton Manning's no, you know, um, easygoing guy. Nope. He's super particular too. So, and the fact that he's been in the building working with Russ, like, I think the Broncos get this. Uh, John Elway, also not an mm. easygoing guy. Like these quarterbacks are built different for a reason, and they have to be treated different for a reason. And it shouldn't be that hard to build around them mm. and try to make them as good as you can, because that's what makes you as good as you can be. The one thing that scares me a little bit about that, though, is that Peyton Manning's just on another level. Like Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning. Russell Wilson, really good quarterback going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's not Peyton Manning. At least he hasn't been at this point, and there's time to write the second half of the career or whatever. And the thing about Peyton is, if you have a good run look and Peyton wants to throw the football, 
Peyton Manning throwing the football is just as good as any run look that you could have out there. But Russell Peyton, Wilson, though, I'm not sure that that's true. And so if you're if you have opportunities to run the football and he wants to pass it up to throw the ball, I could see how that could get you into trouble at points. Yeah, Peyton was really good at accepting when the, when run was the right move. Oh yeah, and you could just see him get so frustrated when it was like a run for one yard because like. He sees like a three-man front or something, and he's like, cool, as long as we block this, this should be five <laughs> yards. And then it, I could just see in the back of his mind being like, next time this happens, I'm just going to throw it uh, because I don't trust you guys. But he actually was really like, I think he fully understood that there has to be some semblance of balance um, to fully succeed as a quarterback. In that situation you described, Ryan, it sounded like some poor offensive line play, not being able to block three guys. And that's the next thing that I took from this is you're going to have to figure out how to invest in the offensive line correctly to protect Russell Wilson. And mm. the Seattle Seahawks did invest in their offensive line. I believe every year Russ was on his rookie contract, they had a top eight investment across the league in their offensive line. And then once they paid him, they realized, okay, we can't just be handing out money and guys that are in free agency uh, are going to be too expensive for us to get. We're going to have to overpay. And with Russ's contract, we're not going to be able to do that. So to me, the answer is, and it's much easier said than done, you got to draft offensive linemen and you got to hit on yep. offensive linemen in order for this to work because I'm sure Russ also doesn't want to have no one on defense. I'm sure he mm -hmm. doesn't want to not have receivers. And the way the Broncos are building this thing is it is going to be a fairly balanced uh, attack that they have. What's funny is I could see Russ like not caring nearly as much about the defense. Like he, I could see him just being the type of guy who's like, as long as our offense is good enough, we're going to win a lot of games. But I thought you said winning was more important than MVPs mm -hmm. for him. It is. It is for sure. But I'm just saying like mentally, I can't see him being like so upset. Like we just don't have enough guys on defense. Like I could see him yeah. like it's way easier for him to be like, why can't I get weapons or why can't I, you know, get protected over here um, than it is like for the quarterback to be mad about the defense. And just yeah. confidence in yourself of saying, right. I, I can do this on my shoulders. That's why like you talk about the Bills on Thursday night. It's just like I feel like Josh Allen can just name a number and be like, I'm going to go score that <laughs> many points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other piece with the, the offensive line, you know, ever since Russ got to Denver, one of those rumors that's floated around is like, you know, the, the locker room in Seattle, they didn't really like Russ. They kind of deteriorated. It was awkward to be around because they didn't get along. And this felt like, at least to me, the first time there was like, oh, here's maybe why is because he called out that offensive line and Dwayne Brown took it that way. And you could see how that sort of thing could kind of flood. Then you have that beef. Then the offensive line has to pick sides. And then everything kind of breaks out. And I still don't know where the Russell Wilson versus the defense beef came from. But this one does seem like that was the source. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And uh, that's kind of the last point that I had, Hank. It ties mm -hmm. perfectly into that was keep things in-house. And so far, mm -hmm. George Payton's going to keep everything in-house. Nathaniel Hackett, his coaching staff, is going to keep everything in-house. Uh, and then Russell Wilson, though, he also went out multiple times and kind of blasted uh, or put his controversial opinion yep. out there. For things to for, for you to make it through rough patches, maybe this is more than just uh, a, a Seattle Seahawks-Russell Wilson reference, more than a sports reference. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably not good to go out in public and, and air your dirty laundry. And I just think that's something that we saw happen just time and time again from both sides in this article. And it's like, yep. well, yeah, when you say that, 
it's going to make Russell Wilson really pissed. Why did you do that? That is so stupid. But I think the good news mm-hmm. is, from everything we've seen with this organization right now, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, for Russ, it makes more sense than for the front office or the coaching staff to say anything. Um, because if you're Russ, you can use the public to help you get what you want. Um, it, it, and maybe it shouldn't be your first um, you know, thing that you go to. But it's a lot easier for a player to get the public on their side than it is for like a coach or a uh, a GM to get the public against the player. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you're Russ and like, this is just an example, but let's just say like Russ really didn't want the Broncos to move their stadium out of downtown Denver. If he Mm -hmm. goes in the media and he's just like, God, there's just something so electric about having the stadium in downtown. I really hope we don't move it. And then he like builds that campaign. Right. And the fans are like, Russ is right. I don't want to move the stadium. Then when like the front office is like, well, we're thinking, or when the you know the ownership is like, well, we're thinking of moving the stadium. Then there's like more of an uproar, more pushback yeah. against it. The other way around doesn't work very well though because the fans are are almost always going to take the player side over just like some guy. Definitely, but I still agree with Zach. You just don't play that game. Like that's that's just where the rifts come from. Like as soon as that relationship with George Payton's gone and it's uncomfortable being around each other, it just doesn't work. You know, and like he said, he went on the radio or whatever, said he's been sacked 400 times. It's the most ever in the first nine years of somebody's career. It's like, yeah, that's totally true. And that shouldn't be the case. But also, of course, that pissed off your offensive lineman that you're complaining (laughs) about your pass protection. Like you're not wrong, but also don't be petty to the media. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I just, I'm saying it's worse when yeah. it comes from the other side. Totally. Yeah. And like you said, the guys are, the, the public's going to take the player's side more times than not. Mm-hmm. Speaking of using the media, um, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, old friend Emmanuel Sanders is back <laughs> today um, and uh, announced his retirement. So congrats to Emmanuel. Should he be a ring of famer? I need to see. I need to. I need to put more research in before I answer that question. Okay, you want some stats? Compa- can you compare his stats to Ed McCaffrey for me? Um, I can a little bit. <laughs> okay. let, let me let me first tell you. Maybe Hank can pull up uh, Ed's stats. He played with the Broncos for five and a half seasons. Okay. In those five and a half seasons, he had three one thousand yard receiving receiving seasons. Yep. He had uh, in those seasons he had one hundred and one catches in a season 76 79 71 career totals of 404 catches i should say broncos Broncos career totals 404 catches for 5361 yards and 28 touchdowns okay hank do you have ed mccaffrey up um yes so he had three 1000 yard seasons also how many years with the team uh, see, and that's why I was going to give it to him. 95 to 2003, so nine years. Okay. okay. And the longevity, to okay. spoil my so, answer, is... Yeah, so 3,000-yard seasons. Yep. Um, another going. one at like 900. Had 101 catches one year. Okay, Emmanuel had two 850-yard uh, seasons. Okay. So you go from 903 to, what, 590 was the next best? Okay. What's the total? 6,200 in Denver. 62 and how many catches 462 462 so emmanuel is by far i guess year by year efficient yeah more efficient yes but then you also do take into account era and you do take into account longevity yeah longevity um two super bowls for ed 
Mm-hmm. Yep. One and, one for Emmanuel. And you know what, what's funny is I don't think you know where I'm going with this. I don't think Ed McCaffrey should be in. No, no, no. So I definitely don't think Emmanuel should be in. Uh, he's an now, icon. If I had to choose one, I would choose Ed. Um, but I think that sometimes we let feelings uh, about players get in the way of like how good they actually were. Um, and the main reason why I'm hesitant on Ed McCaffrey is for um, a very um, practical reason. There's just not that much room for more players. <laughs> so like, wow. you're going to have to get, uh, did they get Peyton up already? Um, yes. Okay. Last year. So you're gonna have to get Vaughn up there. Um, who else from that? Chris Harris Jr. is going up there. But you're eventually going to have to figure out a way just to get more names. Yes. So I wouldn't worry about yes. the practicality purposes. Um, and, yep. and I'm not even saying that Emmanuel should be in, but in the five years where he was on the team before being traded in that sixth year, he averaged 999 yards per season. DT's got to go up there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not I'm not making a saying a strong yep. case for that. Yep. He, he he was really good. Uh in the fact I think that I, yeah, it's it's like the classic like hall of very good uh thing that people do and I'm just saying like if there was a yeah. ring of very good then he should go in there. Now, it's, you could make the case it's the ring of fame. Exactly. And yes. say like, well well fame so feelings matter with fame, right? Oh yeah. Um so if it's just all of our favorite players then like cool. Let's get the Andy Janovich plaque ready to go. Um, I don't think he's quite on Ed McCaffrey level. Um, <laughs> that's just where I'm at. You know, like we're just putting our favorite guys up there. Um, so it, to me, if it, it's just like that should be re- that should be reserved for the greats. Yeah, but like he's a great Bronco too. You know, it's like it's not just the receiving; it's the blocking, like the the big block, obviously in the Super Bowl. Like, our but that sort two of wide receivers, stuff. Ring of Famers. I, I think I, I don't think they are. Yeah, I, I mean, I I wouldn't put Emmanuel Sanders in. He just didn't quite do enough for long enough. Like if 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 he had done just a little bit more, or been here just a little bit longer, I'd be all for it. Ed McCaffrey though was just like one of the icons of that era. Like he's he he is a person who should be remembered by Broncos fans like a hundred years from now. Whereas I can't say that about Emmanuel Sanders. Okay. I could probably be convinced on Ed. I don't think I can okay. be on Emmanuel. Yeah, that's fair. But Emmanuel spoke to the media today, mm-hmm. and his was very, he asked about this? Uh, he was not. He was <laughs> not it. asked about this. Uh, I did ask him my last question to him. So he's going to go into TV. He didn't tell us where he's signing. Uh, and so I said, since you're going to be a TV analyst, tell us about uh, to give us your first take on the 2022 Broncos. And you know what his analysis was? Super Bowl champs. He gave three different tries it let's ride let's ride uh, okay <laughs> let's, <right>. ride. Wow. <laughs> um, let's ride but, but we, we did talk to him and we got a couple of clips uh this first one is emmanuel talking about his very first game as a bronco and uh, just how mm-hmm. he knew it was the right place to be briefly when i touched down in the city it was electrifying it was electrifying the energy that was here I remember my first game, my first preseason game, I think I had two touchdowns for over 100 yards. I had two touchdowns for over 100 yards, and that was just in the, in the, in the first half. And I remember going in the locker room, and I, I went straight to the bathroom. People were like, what the heck is wrong with this dude? And I remember sitting there crying in a stall, thanking God, because I knew that this was a place that he sent me here, and I knew that I was going to do something special. 
And I've never told that story, but that's the God honest truth because I knew that this was where I was supposed to be. And I knew that the city of Denver was where I was supposed to be and the people embraced me and I loved them. Uh, and I know that they love me and the love is mutual. Truthfully, when I touched that in the city, you and Ryan, I, I do think one thing we didn't necessarily acknowledge in the Hall or the Ring of Fame conversation, people <laughs> love them some Manuel Sanders. So I don't know how much of like a public opinion wow. the Ring of Fame takes in, but I got to give credit to Emmanuel. Throughout his career here, he was incredible and when the lights were on like i said using the media <laughs> he knew how to use the media for his own benefit and he, he did a great job of it exactly and I, i'm not even saying that as a bad no, thing it's yeah just, like it's what i try to tell once in a while i'll get to have a conversation on a level with a player outside of you know the the confines of dove valley and we'll get to talk about media and i'll just say like it's so easy it should be so easy for yeah. you guys. Yeah. All yeah. you have to do is be cool, chill, funny, quirky, excited, high energy for like five minutes a week yep. to the media and everyone will love you. Yep. That's all you have to do. And Emmanuel get, was a master of it. You're going to get so many benefit of the doubts. <laughs> yes. Uh, people are yep. going to forget certain things. You know, one of the things when I was driving to Dove Valley I, uh, that I thought of, I was thought, Remember that conference call with John Elway right after they traded Emmanuel Sanders and John totally threw him under the bus. Yep. And it's like, that's not going to be brought up today. Nothing's going to be brought up today like that because it's going to be all about the positives because that's who Emmanuel was. And, and, and that's, the, that's the image that he was able to give off time after time. I yeah. went back and looked at that game, by the way. Five catches for 128 yards and two touchdowns in the first half. Holy what did he? What did he? Who was with? it against? That was that was Houston. It was the preseason game. Oh. So they only played that first half. Oh wow, that was a preseason yeah, game. They, oh my goodness! Starters only played the third preseason game. I too have cried in the bathroom during a preseason <laughs> game. <laughs> but imagine you just caught you. This is your first game with Peyton Manning, and that's how it goes. Yeah. You're just like, holy shit! I'm about to be a Hall of Famer. Yes, yep. like it would yes. be insane. Especially when he was about to sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. And he was in the Chiefs yeah. building. Would have been with Alex Smith. Exactly. Would have been with Alex Smith. Would not have been nearly as good. So he was in the Chiefs building. And uh, he said about 20 minutes before signing the papers, he got the call from the Broncos. And here, here's a little story from it. I remember uh, Andy Reid had left. And I don't want to keep talking about this story. But Andy Reid had left. And uh, I'm sitting there. And... We were trying to work out the the logistics because I wanted to sign a three year. They wanted me to sign a four, and I told them no. I'm only signing a three. So Andy Reid leaves. He thinks I'm signing with the Chiefs. All of a sudden, I'm telling him I get the call in the facility that you know I can go to Denver. I tell him I'm going to Denver. So I'm there in their facility, and I remember telling him like I kind of want to just go back to my hotel and figure out the situation. Uh, you know, like, I don't know what I want to do. I might sign. I don't know. But I, I was just trying to get out of there so I can go really celebrate because I'm about to go play with Peyton freaking Manning, the sheriff. You know what I mean? So they wouldn't let me out of the facility. So I remember trying to leave, and I remember Andy Reid. I see his car just flying down, all right? It was flying down. He hopped out like, what is going on? And, you know, I don't care to go into too many crazy details, but that's just how close – it was because I was literally sitting in that room like I'm about, to, I'm about to sign. I remember calling all my family. I told them I'm about to sign with the Chiefs, and um, it, it 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 didn't happen. You know, I ended up coming here, which is the best thing ever. 
All right, I take back what I said. Put him in the damn room. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that image of Andy yeah. Reid like running <laughs> after him, trying to Had stop to be him. Driving. Had yeah, to be yeah. driving. Yeah, yeah. He was driving, but you know, uh, metaphorically running after him, uh, <laughs> trying to stop him from leaving in the main of being like, no way, dude. I'm going to play with Peyton Manning. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, I so hope this story <laughs> makes it to Chiefs kingdom country yeah, whatever it, chiefs, chiefs land yeah to chiefs fans today because i mean that is so glorious yep mm-hmm. yep and then of course you know the the chiefs were actually really good during that time and it just didn't matter no nope. um, broncos won the division every single year um beat them several times in a row leading up to the like there was no break in between nope. them. there's never nope. been a back and forth in the last what decade nope Five straight years for that for for the Broncos. Five straight years for the Chiefs. Or I guess it's six now. Yep. Crazy. Was the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs the uh, Bradley Roby? Yes. Touchdown. It's the first game of 2015. That was the first game. So of that's 2015. the that yep. season is split. Everything yep. on either side of it is a streak. Yep. Man, how glorious that game was, and how it ended, and how awful. That's an Emmanuel Sanders touchdown, by the way. Right after that. Right after the fumble. Oh, or right really? before the fumble. Right before, yeah. Yes, right yes, before yes, the yes, fumble, yes. yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. And then how awful that first game of the Chiefs winning was. That's when Peyton threw. Mm-hmm. And so, broke the record. Yes, oh my gosh, and got, oh. the, he got the passing yards record <laughs> yeah. while having like the worst game of his career. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most awkward thing I've ever seen. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> so pissed. He was just throwing up like 500 balls. Yep. Never yep. seen anything like it. I remember being at my buddy's house and just being like, Brock has to play. Oh, like, you have to bench man. Peyton Manning right now. Oh, and they wow. did. And it didn't help that game. <laughs> the no. Broncos were so close to not getting Emmanuel Sanders. It's crazy yeah. to think about that. Yeah. Because that was the year. So they'd already gotten DeMarcus Ware. They'd already gotten Aqib Tlaib. They'd already gotten TJ Ward. They're like, okay, now that that's all figured out, we can finally figure out receiver. Meanwhile, Emmanuel Sanders had visited the Jaguars. He'd visited the Buccaneers. He was on his third visit going to the Chiefs and about to sign the deal. And they had just gotten all that stuff done with and were able to move on just at the last moment of him going through this whole process. Pretty Everything insane. could have been so different. That is yeah. insane. It's, it's also crazy how he could have played with Peyton Manning and done what he did with Peyton mm-hmm. and won a Super Bowl, or he could have stayed there for a little bit and ended up playing with Patrick Mahomes and winning a Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah, it's very, very true, very possible. Or maybe... Emmanuel mm. makes Alex Smith look mm. good enough oh. that they don't have to draft. There we go. Wow. So it's Emmanuel's fault. Yeah, and Peyton would have, you know, gotten whatever receiver to look it's like Emmanuel very Sanders. Very true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we would have had a, a, a different pairing of uh, what was it, country? Um, why can't I think of it? Oh, oh country, country diva. diva. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay. All right. Cool. That was fun. Cool. Um, congrats to Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like he should have been at the facility for a different reason today, like to sign a sign up for a one year deal. Um, but good for him. That is another notable piece. He did say that first of all that he he's gotten calls. He could probably keep playing, but he did bring up Demarius a lot today, and and one of the times was saying, you know, with everything that happened to Demarius, it made me think. Um, I have the quote right here. What am I risking? What is it worth? I've got two kids. I've got a beautiful wife. I have something that's bigger than football. I want to see my grandkids. Um, You know, the the game of football is tough on the body. I lost a close friend. We all know Demarius Thomas. And for me, it's it's about longevity of life now. 
yep. stuff like that. And seeing Demarius have that seizure, which is potentially linked to football, but nobody can prove it one way or the other, but he did have the CTE. It's like that, that would yeah. weigh on your mind when you're yeah. 35. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and that's why more than anything, I, I'm happy for him. Um, and any, honestly, anytime these guys, whenever they decide to hang it up, I'm happy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, was able to secure the bag yes, and you know uh, hopefully he has a great rest rest of his life uh, and enjoys it with the people that he mentioned all right um if you want to secure the bag yes check out our friends over <laughs> at DraftKings sportsbook i know henry mentioned them earlier but got to give another shout out to them now bet five dollars on any nfl game this weekend and you'll win $200 in free bets instantly. And then whatever else you win on top of the bet that you place, $200 in your account paid out in eight $25 free bets, which makes it so fun. Then you can just have action all throughout the game, and then you get to keep all of the winnings. It is the bl- a blast, and DraftKings is just handing out awesome props and really cool boosts left and right. I can almost guarantee they're going to have some stuff this weekend like they already have for uh, the uh, Thursday night opener tomorrow, which I am so <laughs> pumped for. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get $200 in free bets by placing a $5 bet over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 and see show notes for full details. Once you secure the bag, you're going to want to keep the bag. So when you go to buy tickets, you want to go to game time mm-hmm. um, because they have the best deals on tickets. And the best thing about game time is, at least for me, um, is organization and procrastination. Are those two tied as well? I would say they're tied. Yes, okay. correlation. Yep. Maybe so, not causation. Like time management. Would that be yeah, another thing that yeah, I suck at? Yeah. 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 Um, hey, I'm not saying that. I, I am. I suck at time <laughs> management, uh, and I procrastinate everything. And this is one of the few places where that's actually a good thing mm. at game time because the longer you wait, the cheaper the tickets get. You can save up to sixty percent on tickets by waiting, which is a great deal. So check out our friends over at Game Time by using the link in the description here on YouTube. Uh, it's a great, great place to get your tickets, and we really appreciate it if you go through that link uh, to buy some. This is kind of relevant, but this is the most expensive Seahawks ticket since 2017. Wow. And the yeah. most expensive ticket this weekend. Yep. That is crazy. It's not this weekend, but... Yeah, I guess Monday. <laughs> uh, and and the, the, the crazy thing about... Well, I hope a lot of people are, are making the flight out there to make it a long weekend. The Broncos fans, yeah. I'm sure they are. I, yeah. I, I'm sure they are. I've got, I've had a lot reaching out to me, being like, "Hey, like, what's, what's, what are you guys doing?" We're like, "I'm like, oh, we're not, we're launching the bar." <laughs> <laughs> Man, it would be a cool game to be at, though. Yep. Yep. It really would be. And the reason it's so expensive is because this is Seattle's Super Bowl. It's sad. Mm-hmm. But this is their Super Bowl. This is their biggest game this season for the Broncos. It's cool because it's the debut of Russ. It's cool because it's the first game of the season. It's the beginning. But, yeah, but Broncos, you know, Broncos fans are really looking forward to Week 14 against the Chiefs at home. Week 17, Week 18, and in the playoffs, Seahawks yeah. aren't doing that. I'm actually more anxious about this game than anything else. Mm, um, like too much to lose, not enough to it gain. It feels like a, a CUCSU game for me. Ah, and it's like mm. everyone expects us to win. Um, we should win and all this stuff. But if you lose, you're getting clowned. Yeah. hard from everyone from every which way so like that's that's probably gonna keep me up on sunday night i don't like that you said that but i think you're right yeah <laughs> next yeah. week could be really miserable 
Let's, uh, never mind. Never mind. Uh, the rugby. Two, how about two weeks from now if they lose to the Texans? Too? No, that's not happening. <laughs> wow. Oh god. I'm touching blood. Um, I mean, if that happens, there's no way they're beating the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they'll win a game this year. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Tank um, for Bryce Young. <laughs> yes. The American Raptors are awesome, and you should be paying attention to what they're doing. You can do that by listening to the weekly DMVR Rugby podcast. You can read all the stuff on the website as well at thedmvr.com. You can also just go out there and watch for yourself because out at Infinity Park in Glendale, you can get free tickets. The way it works is you just go to AmericanRaptors.com, grab your free ticket for the upcoming season, um, and uh, if you can't make it to the game, still want to watch, they they stream all of them on their website. Again, that's AmericanRaptors.com. Make sure that you're tuning in. Make sure you're keeping up with our guy, Colton Strickler. And really quick, I just want to give a shout out to everyone tuning in on YouTube live with us, leaving comments. We got Jared, we got Cody, we got Jose. We even got a super chat coming in from Nick. Let's, Let's go. go. What does old Nick have to say? He said, what are your expectations of KJ coming off a major injury this year? Have you seen the same speed from him in camp or has there been a drop off? We didn't see much from him in camp, but I thought his he looked really fast in the few snaps that he took in the preseason. He looked like himself, I thought. Yep. He really looked like himself. And I don't know. I guess sometimes, more so with running backs, I guess, you see like the drop-off, which is like, oh, you're bad now. But more often than not in football, it, it's just injuries that build up. Yeah. And and that's where you see problems. Even with Peyton, you know, he has the foot thing going on, and, and, and that was a factor in all that. With KJ, he seems like himself, but all it takes is one little tweak, and we'll touch wood when we say things like that, and all of a sudden, you know, the 35-year-old is playing like a 35-year-old. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. And Wait, one... are we talking about Kareem Jackson or KJ oh, Hamler? I was thinking of Kareem Jackson. Oh, wow. I was, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what RK is saying about the preseason. Uh, game. We're just gonna gloss over that. Actually, shout out to uh, Kareem Jackson. Oh yeah, major and injury. Preseason. He actually said he wanted to play uh, in uh, the preseason, which I thought was interesting. Every That's other guy vet who... has been like, no, don't want to. Thrilled that I don't have to. That's a guy who just wants to hit people. That's exactly like, why he wanted to oh, play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I. I, I've, I've said it for many years now. I, I think he's like the linchpin of the defense. Um, the way that he, he he's a dog. He's just a dog. Yep. And I don't even have to say anything else. Yep. There aren't many physical players anymore. I mean, that's not true. There aren't nearly as many as there were like five, ten years ago. Five years ago, even. Back Having, in your day? Get, back in my day, yeah. <laughs> now all you got is Kareem Jackson, the last, the last piece of that era. Yeah. But speaking of being hit hard in the preseason, KJ Hamler, mm-hmm. when he got hit hard coming across the middle that was good to see him get up right away yeah i mean it was on his head which wasn't good but yeah um yeah so both guys um i guess it would definitely be kj since he's coming off a major injury (laughs) kj hamler that is (laughs) and nick thank you for the super chat we appreciate that shall we hop into the website let's do it comments coming in first one from big hank stan says what does chubb get named a captain say to you what has changed hanky stanky (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I honestly think it's nothing has really changed. Uh, Bradley Chubb is a good leader. Like he's a great locker room presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone likes him. If, if it's players vote, like it doesn't surprise me at all that they voted for him. No. And he's a guy that's battled adversity from multiple injuries to, uh, and being a top uh, five pick to having those expectations. So he's gone through a lot. And I think players really recognize that. And just like a physical freak. Like, like maybe doesn't stand out just when you look at him as much as Randy Gregory, but in terms of just like size, strength, the way he moves, like, I think it's easy to be like, oh, who's, who are our leaders? Look at that guy. 
Also, I think this is uh, this is a reason they moved on from Von Miller. Bradley Chubb's not getting named a captain of Von Miller is here Oof. this year. Wow, good point. It, it's going to be Von, right? Yep, yep. Uh, we got another super chat from Nick, uh, who says. I can't actually see it. <laughs> this is funny. He says, I'm a little confused from yesterday's episode. Are you guys coming out here to Vegas for the Raiders game? Because yesterday <laughs> he said that he was going to be in Denver for the Raiders game that's in Vegas. And so we were confused at him. And now he's this confused help. from us being confused. <laughs> Are we coming to uh, Vegas for the Raiders game? I think so. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I go. thought it was a yes. <laughs> I think so. Oh, no. It's like a couple weeks away. It is. Somebody really needs crazy. to plan that. Yes. Is that yeah. September? No, I think it's October second. Okay, we got a whole month. <laughs> How's your passport coming? Oh, <laughs> it's boy. on the way. There well, we go. I don't know. I gotta use the link to go check the status. You said uh, it's on the way. It could be on the way there. Some, it's somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, we we can. I mean, I've planned a trip to Vegas in like three days. <laughs> That's yeah, all well, you need. Luckily, we've got a meeting here in uh, like fifteen minutes. That's a good point. <laughs> Ten That's a good point. We might be coming to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Big Hang Stan chimes in again and says, "Also, what's your favorite Emmanuel Sanders play? And is he a Ring of Famer in your eyes? Love, Hanky Panky." Favorite Emmanuel Sanders play? For some reason, I'm remembering him throwing a touchdown to mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton against the the uh, Cardinals. Man, was that a beat down? Yeah, it was 45-10. That was Von Miller. Yep, we gonna, we gonna beat the ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which I love that epic guy. quote. Uh, yeah, I wish he just would use it against like the Chiefs. Right? <laughs> Didn't he also catch a touchdown in that game? I think Emmanuel. He did. Yeah, he did. He, he got a long one. one. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, throwing one's pretty good. I'll say just the moment that sticks out in my mind, which he talked about a lot today and said was his favorite moment as a Bronco, is him and DT after the Broncos won the 2015 AFC Championship game, just doing little snow angels in the confetti. Mm-hmm. They, oh, they just look yeah. like two kids yep. really having fun. For sure. There's a lot of a lot of good memories from Emmanuel. That, that Chiefs one, since you brought it up. That Chiefs touchdown right before the fumble. Yep. That's a good one. Yep, for sure. There's a classic one of just like Peyton seeing exactly – like what the defense was going to do and just mm-hmm. waiting for it. Just being like, I just need half a beat for Emmanuel to make this <laughs> yeah. cut and he's going to yep. be open and yep. I'll throw it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next one's from Bigwood 54. Uh, did you guys see Von Miller's hype video for the bills? It breaks my heart to see him gone, but I'm still looking forward to watching our new team dominate back to my question from yesterday. Is it, is it the best is, is it best to wear the orange crush jerseys for week 11 to match the team that week? Thank you. And go Broncos. Yes, it is. Um, if you're if they're wearing orange, you should wear orange. Um, did you see the Von Miller Bills hype? I video? did not. Did I you? Did, nope. No, I didn't either. I don't watch anyone else's hype videos. I heard it. I actually saw. Um, I think it was our friend Brandon Perna said like something like. I actually don't remember what he said about it. It was one of two things. It was either like, man, this sucks watching from like a Broncos perspective, uh, or like I can't believe this is a commercial because it's done so well. Yeah, I think it was it was something like yeah. about how good it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I refuse to watch anyone else's hype videos. It's a three-minute video. I just watched the first five seconds with no sound. It looks like a pretty sick video. <laughs> like, it's like... Uh, is the, it just Vaughn or is it yeah, the Bills? It's just Vaughn. So it's his personal production. No, no, the Bills put it out. Oh, it's, it's a Vaughn Miller hype video via the Bills? <laughs> it's called Vaughn Miller's Letter to Bills Mafia. Oh, wow. It's uh, just watching the first five seconds. It looks like it's pretty sick, and it makes me think the Broncos are – the Bronco, I, he should be a Bronco still. Remember he how we always say he's going to embrace the hell out of whatever fan base and city yeah. he's in? 
It took a while with the Bills. It, it did. did. In his opening press conference, he was mentioning the Rams, and he was even mentioning the Broncos and things he's going to miss. And that first month, he was still posting a lot of things with Broncos stuff. And now he's buying in. Was it Vaughn who told the media he was, like, shocked the other day? He, like, left his garage door open, and one of his neighbors <laughs> yeah. called and was like, Hey, Vaughn, you uh, left your garage door open. <laughs> yeah. He was like, wow, everyone's so friendly here. <laughs> wow. Uh, next one's from Bronk Oilers. She says, hey, dudes, following up on my comment from yesterday. Correct me if I'm wrong, but even during that one good Blake Bortles year, I don't remember hearing much about Hackett being a factor in the way you heard about McVay, Goff, or Shani Garoppolo. Uh, he, he certainly wasn't receiving any accolades in Buffalo, albeit he was trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit over there. Uh, it also probably worth mentioning that he wasn't running the Shanahan outside zone offense at that time either. It seems like he didn't really appear on the top offensive mind slash head coaching radar until his time in Green Bay, where he wasn't actually calling the plays. To be clear, I'm not intending uh, to be negative or saying that Hackett is a bad play caller. In fact, it's encouraging to hear that he and Russ are really bonding over the schematics. I just think he still has a lot to prove when it comes to calling plays on Sundays. And it seems that his prowess as a leader and a teacher are being conflated a little bit with his ability to draw up and call good plays at a high level. The play calling is fair. We haven't seen the play calling. Mm-hmm. But in terms of drawing up the plays, I, I mean, we've... S- we can't say what the plays are, but we've all seen him in practice. We know that this is not what we've seen in the past. You even saw him in the third preseason game, yeah. scheming guys wide open. Yeah, I, I, I think it is fair to say that he's an inexperienced coach and has to mm-hmm. prove it from a game management perspective. I think he's going to be much better than Vic Fangio. But if someone says he has to prove it, okay, sure, I get that. From a play-calling standpoint, sure, he has to prove it in a game and, and just show that the moment's not too big for him. But someone asked him yesterday if he was nervous because this was his first game. And he said, no, this is not my first game. And they said, was well, a head coach. And he said, yeah, all you have to do as a head coach is you just talk to a few more people throughout the week and you have a few more responsibilities. And honestly, the way Hackett completely dismissed the question shows me that that's exactly how he feels. He's not worried about it. Uh, and just like every new head coach, though, my, uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, they had to prove these things. I'm trying to imagine like how that would um, translate to another job. Not that those are ever like useful metaphors, but I'm just trying to think. Like, I guess it would be like uh, if Henry had to host Broncos today. Mm-hmm. So instead of just being on the panel, he was hosting, and I just feel yep. like he wouldn't. He would be like, "Yeah, I got this. I know how. Like, I know how to do this." Right. Exactly. He and, agrees. And, and he agrees with you. And I, I and I. I believe Nathaniel Hackett when he's yeah. just like, yep, it's just going to be another game. I'm calling the plays. Like, that's what I do, you know. Whatever. And he's done it before. Yeah. Right, right, right. exactly. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. Less than a week, baby. <sighs> Almost 24 hours away from opening night. Too. Yeah, it, it feels like I'm, we're only one day away um, because I feel like once you get into the like the football continuum, uh, it just sends you straight straight through to the end of the season thursday to monday is a long wait i remember remember when they started against the titans but you're not going to be doing anything during that time where you're like thinking like god i can't wait till monday you're just gonna be like yeah watching football at the dnvr (laughs) grand opening (laughs) i vividly going down to air force on saturday (laughs) sunday you'll just be soaking up red zone like there's no essentially once you make it to tomorrow night when football starts you're just good yep that Thursday to Monday wait with the Titans, though, that one was brutal. I remember that. Like, it just stands out to me, those three days. It's Monday, it's Monday afternoon that really gets you. That's yeah, the number Mondays, one time where it's yeah. like, it's not the weekend anymore. It's Monday. Yep. 
and I just have to make it through to the end of the day. To me, that's the nerve-wracking point where I know there's nothing I actually need to be doing. Yeah. In fact, there's nothing I can do. I can't write a story. I can't yep. prep for the pod before. There's nothing I can do work-wise, but I'm like, this just feels wrong. Feels weird. It yeah. feels wrong. Bring it me is. to 6 p.m. That's why Henry and I were talking about this yesterday, how like some Broncos media people like get to the press box like four to six hours before yep. the game, and yep. it's like... What are you doing here? Yeah, I think I saw people do that like my first year. And so I did it one day. Yep. Like, what the hell am I doing yep. here? There's I'm nothing not to doing, do. There's nothing to do. They're yeah. not better than me because they get there and sit there. Take a picture. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy. If you're there more than 15 minutes before kickoff, no. it's just what are you doing? You just wait. Yep. yep. Unless get, you want to eat, get there 30 minutes before. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's get it. A little meal and I guess in. you can see who's out there for warm-ups. I do. I, I will say when I, when I, in my, in my press box days, <laughs> I like to get there early enough to just like go, you know, schmooze it up with a, with a couple mm. people. Hey, what's going on? Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Get a couple compliments on your fit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, all that good stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, but it is hilarious, though. The only time I ever really did that, I ended up getting in trouble because Nikki was just bored. And so she wanted to go, like, try to get down in the field. I'm like, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> and we both got in trouble. I <laughs> have bad influence, Nikki. Yep, she really was. Um, all right. Does that wrap it up for us? That's it. We that fit them all. Up for us. Good. This is great. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. We will be back with you tomorrow leading up to Thursday Night Football, and uh, we can't wait. Can't wait. Baby. See you guys then. How long's it been since you had Rolled out the truck and took a country drive
you back one last time.